Welcome to Singled Out, the ninth best Guild Ball podcast. Please stand by. Welcome to episode 40. In this episode Andrew and Jason discuss the new blacksmith's guild apprentice, Cinder, and how she fits in with the guild models we know about so far. Listener is Michael Klein again. Engineers can totally score with takeouts. Hello, welcome to Singled Out, the podcast with Guild Ball in. What number are we, Jason? Um, I think we're currently the 11th best Guild Ball podcast. Who's the 11th just run best the- podcast with Guild Ball in. Yeah, and have just run the 11th best Guild Ball tournament. That's a great segue. That's quality radio right there. That's what we're all about. Uh, so today's episode, we're going to be talking briefly about our tournament that we ran um, on Saturday. Um, today's Monday, um, for sort of reference. Um, and also, we're going to talk about the um, new preview for the Blacksmiths Guild, who is Cinder. Indeed. Who has dropped today after four o'clock, and um, myself and numerous other outlets were jumping on to the minutes to make sure you were given cards straight to your brain as fast as possible. Yeah, when we would have we would have had words for your ears to absorb were it not for my family life intervening. Yeah, for some reason, Jason, Jason's wife didn't like him being away for three days and then podcasting. Madness, really. Well, she didn't so much say I couldn't, but there was this tone in her voice that suggested maybe I should reconsider and reevaluate <laughs> my life choices at that moment. So she just pointed at the sofa and gave a knowing knowing nod. Yeah, and I thought to myself, like, with her back, she really shouldn't be sleeping on that. <laughs> so, yes, so, without too much more faff and introduction, we should probably, like we say, um, we are, well, first of all, we wanted to mention the British Championships, that uh, tickets are still available. We saw our dear friend of the show, Ed Ball, on um, Saturday at the 11th Best Guild Ball Tournament, yeah. and uh, 
Who's did, did, did they well? Didn't they? Did they well? Well, he came up against um, Jay Clare. We all know how he likes to break the internet. And, and he did. Uh, he did. Well. He broke the internet and he broke Ed Ball. So well done to Jay. Yeah, he took out the tournament. Engineers. I think um, um, I think Jay Clare beating Ed Ball will mean that um, in a few months' time we'll see a mother nerf appear out of nowhere. <laughs> there'll probably be some errata and the OP document that you can only have like two Mechanicum models on the pitch or something. Or just saying in the document that Jay Clare can't play Tottenham Gibble in. Yeah, that's it. He has to like he always has to have it minus one tack or something. Um, but yeah, so you know we really like to see more faces come along to the British Championships. Don't be put off, like I said before by the fact that it's called the championships you know there's there's only going to be a few people who are there who can actually win it the rest of us are going to be there just to enjoy having a get together at the fantastic um venue element games i mean they're kind of like many many conventions really because you've got a lot of people there a lot of time to play games a lot of, have a chat also there'll be a seminar there a lot Absolutely. of ways of interacting with the community other than just playing games you know quite a good sort of social side of it you know um talk to people you might even get to talk to jason if you're very lucky um I think- where it'll be is you might actually get talked at by Jason. Yeah. <laughs> no, come come along, come along, come and say hi. Let's let's make it into a mini convention. Like you say, there's going to be um they've got the pizza deal which they have had a um vengeance and they've said that I think Rich and Perkins are doing a talk in the evening. I believe I, I know certainly Rich. I can't remember who else. Um, Ed's going to sure be there. I'm sure they'll be probably forming a panel, won't they? Exactly. So let's turn it into a mini convention. Let's make it happen. Let's get some more people down there. Let's just have some beers and have some fun and let the guys on the top table fret and stress and worry about the clock and the rest of us can just get on and have some fun. So yeah, that'll be, um, that'll be um, the uh, second week in August, isn't it? Yeah, it's the weekend of the 12th and 13th of August. Um, so we'll, um, we'll briefly talk about my, what's up, my hour um, tournament um, that I ran on Saturday. Um, well, although right. a, a more detailed breakdown round. of that tournament will be dropping on Friday yeah. as one of our um, bonus episodes. So hopefully you all know because I keep on going on about it that um, we release a bonus episode of, of um, content with Gilball in um, every other week, normally every other Friday on Patreon. And if you become a goalkeeper, uh, back five dollars or more, you get access to our feed. And obviously, as time goes on, you get access to more and more content because. The content that's been around since the beginning is available as soon as you, um, well, log in, really. Um, but briefly, Jason, how how did it go for you? Yeah, it was good. I finally um, I put up uh, and I I took the butchers. Um, I took uh, took took them to the event and sorry, I have brain fart for a minute. There. I was trying to think what I was actually trying to say. Um, and I stuck to my guns. I played ox every round. Um, and I was genuinely impressed. Like I, I'm not going to say that I am. Um, I'm in any way a connoisseur of the butcher's way. I'm far from it. I've had five games of them, um, all with ox. Uh, but I definitely think anyone who wants to play ox because they like ox, just do it. Because I played, I played one. I didn't even get a game practice games against you, did I? Because we just drunk too much beer on Friday, and that just didn't happen. Yeah, basically, a modern turned up. We had a bit, bit of a reunion, and basically, before we knew it, we drank all the beer in the house. Yeah, and then you started drinking the gin, and then I think anything else like methylated spirits or anything else that had like a content uh, in yeah, it. Yeah, there was some Dettol that's now been banished. <laughs> but yeah, so um, just to skim over a few things, because obviously you want to save some content for for the for you generous guys who help support the show uh, on the Patreon. 
But I um yeah, I took Ox every every round. I had Phil it in my lineup, but it wasn't as a bluffing tactic because um unfortunately, or not so unfortunately, most of the people, if not all the people I played, listened to the podcast and knew that I was taking Ox because of my loudmouth telling everyone. <laughs> um, and also because I just said to my opponents like uh if they didn't know that I'm just playing Ox. And the only reason in fairness I had Phil it's because I took your butchers and it was just taking whatever models you had painted. Which is all um, no, because you haven't got Vet Ox or... Um, oh, my mistake. There was someone else you haven't no, got as Ox. well. Oh, they wanna, his appeal was in the case, but not wasn't painted. You said you didn't care. I think uh, okay. it's the only one, I, I think. I think it's only one. Either or. I didn't, I didn't take him. Um, so I did change my team lineup a little bit. I'll quickly give the lineup out. Um, so it was Ox, Princess, Brisket. Uh, oh, I took both Briskets. Boiler, uh, Princess, Shank, Boar, Fillet. And I've missed someone. Oh, lesbian hands, meat hook. Um, so I played everyone except for Fillet and Bet, Bet Brisket. And I, I have four very good opponents. Um, I played Jay Fox in the final round who played Union Blackheart. I played, uh, and he won a tournament recently. I played Luke Smith who was playing Alchemist, Midas. And he, going into the last round, had the chance to podium. And I played Jake Hall who, has a wrestling podcast or something um and then i played andy t who rolled some dice but you know we love andy t we love andy t he's top and he played blackheart union so it wasn't like the games were against um what should we say guilds who are perceived to be below the curve well uh, uh, you played against blackheart's union right it's pretty good yeah and but Corsair my point, as well so i won three of the games and i lost one we'll go into more detail about that on the bonus episode but the one game i lost was against um Midas Alchemist. So I played like, you know, three teams, four four teams that all play football better than me. And I never felt that I was out of the game or the game was against me. And the Midas uh, game, I mean, I, I was watching that one. It was it was pretty close, right? Yeah. Uh, it was it was 12-7 to Luke. It, I could have made it 12. I could have made it to nine points before he won. But I was trying to see out the game. And actually, again, we'll go into more content about this on the bonus time. I have since realised that I had better options than the ones I made. And that was such a close game. A couple of dice rolls here or there, and, you know, that game could have gone so differently. And it wasn't, I didn't win or lose the game because I had bad dice, that's not what I'm saying. But I, I set up a 6VP activation with Boiler. Um, it was a 50-50 dice roll for initiative, so I had as much right to win it or lose it as Luke, and I lost it. And so instead of it going to 9-4, it goes to 8-3. So, you know, it was you like a gamble. didn't help at all, did it? Really? Like, that gamble basically lost the game. It didn't help, but even after that, I was still in the game. I still had chances. So, um, you know, and that was against Midas. Uh, so there was none of the games that I feel like Ox couldn't compete. And genuinely, that team's strong. That team's really strong. I'd say for me going forwards, I probably won't play it too much again because it's more just it's not play style that I particularly enjoy. But I do also think... Also playing um, cards twice in the tournament meant you want to play more... Um, oh, it broke my head. But actually what I did quite like about it was I had started to worry a bit that maybe I was being carried by Blackheart. <laughs> truth, to think, truth. Yeah, I was thinking, oh God, is he, is, he, is he carrying me? Do I actually know how to play this game? But um, I played him twice. And another point, like everyone says, um, everyone has this perception that Ox is a really squishy captain. Now, OK, again, like I say, anecdotally, my sample size of games is very small. Um, but... Over the four games, he barely took a hit in any of the games. 
and I took out all of my opponent's captains. So I took out Blackheart twice, Midas, and Corsair. Not all specifically with Ox, but my point well, being... Well, the Aura, of course, is the thing, isn't it? It is, but Midas got taken out by Bor and Shank, which had nothing nothing to do with Ox's Aura. But it was more the fact that, you know, here's a, here's a ca- captain who's perceived to be at the bottom end of the scale and squishy, and yet, you know, he took out... He actually took Corsair out himself, and Corsair's obviously... A, and we've certainly said our own opinions, and me and Martin have certainly been very vocal about the fact we think he's very strong, he's very resilient. But do you know what? Ox just pushed him right in, and <laughs> he didn't even blink doing it. Um, yeah. Right, should we move on to the um, to the Cinder part? Yeah, I think so. So, But just to close, like guys, if you want to play Ox, he's, he is competitive, he is strong, he really is. Um, but yeah, so Cinder... Right, Cinder. So um, Cinder is the um, revealed today um, blacksmith's winger. And it's interesting what we were saying about some of our predictions last week about what we thought people might get. And we're saying we haven't really seen sort of many fast, sort of nippy characters yet. And I, I thought I thought one of them might be an apprentice. And this one certainly is, I think, the most most mobile so far, right? Absolutely. As far as the blacksmiths are concerned, yeah, she's she's fast. She's got some neat tricks. And I have to say... Um, out of the four that we've seen so far, I wasn't too excited about the other three, but Cinder's... She has made me very excited, actually. Like yeah, that. the stuff that she can do and the way she interacts on the pitch. and um, She is the first one who's really made me sort of go, yeah, there might be something here for me. So um, who wants to get to the card? Should I do it or should you do it? Who do it? Uh, well, if you do the stat line, you cool. go for it. Um, so Cinder's move 6-8, uh, attack 5, kick 3-8, defence 3, armour 1, so pretty fragile. Influence one four, but as we've seen before, masters seem to be all three three. So when you get a pair of them, it works out as being in this block two people. Um, and with her defense three on a one, she's got thirteen hit points. Quite easy to take out, I'd say. Her playbook, um, other than the normal one damage on one hit, which most people have, she's got momentous dodge on one hit, uh, momentous double dodge on two hits, uh, momentous two and attack all on three, uh, momentous double dodge on four and jumps to a four damage on on five hits. Because so, it's quite, quite an interesting jump there, isn't it? It certainly is, not it's at the top of the playbook as well. And actually, um, I'm just, seeing more and more um, four damage results. But I think the thing that stands out to me so far, before we go into the character phase, and that is uh, they've got two three eight kick models now in Cinder and Furnace, and neither of them are a striker, which is pretty strong. And I think the only... I haven't looked this up, I'm just rolling this off the top of my head. I think the only other winger in the game who's got a 3-8 kick stat is Salvo. Um, what's Brisket got? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Vet Brisket actually is a winger, isn't she? She's not a striker. Yeah, you're Brisket right. Brisket is 3-6. Um, what's that? Um, yeah, Brisket, Vet Brisket's 3-8, I think. Um, yeah, she, you're right. She's Shanks 2-6. Wingers in Mason's 2-6. Uh, Hunters, Hunters J-Car. Yeah, he's 2-6. Um, uh, Alchemists haven't got any, so I wasn't aware. Wingers. Um, uh, but this is talking the cards now. Very exciting for radio. Um, yeah. Who else do we have? We have um, no. I think is it. Uh, uh, you got decimated. Obviously, three six. Uh, yeah. Snake skin is the same. I think that's yeah, the thing. only the only unions with three eight are season brisket and uh, mist yeah, and yeah. great. So that that in itself for a winger is a really strong kickstart with her six eight move. Although for a winger, her tackles three hits rather than sort of two. Three. I think it decimates three, isn't she? Tackle. No, decimate. Uh, yeah, decimate's got a tackle on three and a tackle double dodge. Anatomical, isn't it? So, 
But yeah, so tackles tackles a bit harder to get to, I'd say, than some people. Um, but I think sack five. Yeah, I think so. I just think that kick stat, the fact that they've got two three eight kick models and we haven't seen a strike yet, it's just really strong. She certainly has, has the highest um, threat range, doesn't she? Because so, Furnace yeah. has three eight, but Furnace is of course um, got seven slower. Yeah, yeah, and he's not got any dodges, so he's got no way of extending that. Although on his tackle one hit. Um, mm. She also has one inch melee, which is the first blacksmith with one inch melee. No, Anvil's got one inch. My mistake. Um, she has kill the ball, uh, costs one, range six, scout to play, once per turn. Um, remove target free ball from the pitch. This model's controlling player can resolve a goal kick. So That's a good. ball that's got lying around, you can reposition it potentially across the entire field. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a strong mechanic for um, allowing them to retrieve the ball or still interact with the ball if someone tries to and place it. And goal can't, can't be accepted. <laughs> Although, of course, they are vulnerable to scatters. Also, decoy. Um, you know, off of grey scales, plus the defence against the next counterplay, it's cost one. Yeah, exactly. Not bad. Um, but um, obviously, she's a ranged character. She's got a big crossbow, but no ranged counterplays on her card. Let's turn that over. Uh, first so, of all, she's got Kindled Furnace, so her sort of synergy with Furnace, her um, her master. Although it's interesting that, as has been said, I think Matt Hart said it on um, that Australian podcast, uh, whatever it's called, um, Single Dodge or something, I'm not sure. If Doubled out, I believe. Yeah, d- doubled out, I thought, yeah. Um, you don't need to have an equal number of Masters and Apprentices, and you don't need to, need to pair them up. Um, I think it's wrong, actually, because if you go onto the blog, I don't know if it's changed or whatever, but actually they've got a little subplot here, and it says Apprenticeship. When picking a blacksmith team, only Master and Apprentice models are picked. Exactly half the team's models must have the Master model type, and the other half must have the Apprentice oh, model type. Matt Hart. Pesky Matt Hart. So the, you know, but that guy's got so much buzzing around in his head that he's also, it's probably about five versions of the Wolves member once, and exactly. the game of not, not, not only all the models we have now, but all the ones for the next two years coming out. Exactly. Um, so I'm not going to yeah. hold it up. I'm not going to uh, hold that against. We'll let him off. But her power is if she starts within six of furnace, she gets burning strike. So all of her damaging attacks give people burning. And, so it's um, like a version of um, furnaces, isn't it? Because his is called searing strike, which, and that also drops their um, the defense. Armor. Right? Armor, armor. Uh, also, with one of melee, she has um, armor movement, which means, of course, that she can um, dodge away, like brisket and stuff. Yeah, I mean, on the one inch melee, it's obviously nowhere near as strong as on the two inch melee, but it's still, still a thing. you know, for, uh, absolutely out on the wing as well. I think what I find interesting about her is she's got the three one defense. She obviously gets the plus one armor for being within an inch of. Um, the master, but her play style and her playbook and her, the way I see her position, I don't see her getting that very often. So I actually think that may be why she's got unpredictable movement because her defense, I think, is generally going to be three-one. I don't think you're going to. Well, see this is what we're saying, isn't it? That people, you know, apprentices want to stay kind of near the masters to be not easily killable because they've got quite poor stats and hit points. But being a winger and being one to sort of get the ball and stuff and score goals, you can't always engineer that, can you? No, I don't think so. And I think, did you did you mention Hot Shot or did I interrupt you I before you waiting, got there? I was waiting for that one to, for the end. So go ahead. What's that? Oh, okay. Well, because this is... This is this, That's this what is makes her, her really who she is, isn't it? Very interesting. And it's like you alluded to that there's no ranged attack on the front, yet she's got a crossbow. What does it mean? What does, what does it, it mean, mean, Jason? Tell me. Once per turn, during its activation... It is not suffering the knockdown condition. Excuse me. 
this model may declare an attack against an enemy model that is within six inches and line of sight of this model as if it were engaging the model. Now, as that's an attack, that means that it stacks with singled out, with crowding out, with knockdown, with yada, 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 so on and so forth, defensive debuffs, which then means that if she's, say, for example, has got the ball, or you, so this is where I think she's got some serious wizardries. If you start the turn with her and she's got the ball, she can target a model that anywhere within six inches, fire off a crossbow bolt, hit that one result for the momentous dodge, and off she goes and scores. She's got three eight kicks, saying. So. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, the ability to really? get momentum from range is very powerful. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. she had to tackle on three hits if she wanted to live the dream, but three hits, tackle, attack five is not really anything you want to completely rely on. No, but then, you know, if they're crowded out, you, know? I mean, yeah, you, can't, you can't obviously combine it with it. You can't make a weird charge attack with it, like charge up the pick. I think range and momentum gain is, is proper powerful. It really is. It's, because it's, you know, quite often, like, if you, you have to be so aware of where she is when you score at the end of a turn, because if, the, if you're behind on the momentum race and they're likely to get the momentum, let's say she's got so much range on goal that being able to score without you being able to interact with her is just, just harsh. It also helps out being paired with the fifth furnace because furnace can debuff armor. And, yeah. you know, at this point, you know, she being, being a ranged melee attack. Um, unlike, you know, ranged counterplays that are very good against models from low defence, like against Masons, for example, engineers against Masons, defence three, them easily. The Masons have two armour. Yeah. And she has to get through that. Um so it's kind of a different sort of sort of way of attacking from range and it really changes, you know, uh, I her targets. I think it's interesting. I think it's a really I'm not so sure about the decoy. I mean, I know on the blog they mentioned about being able to use it on a parting blow, which is a thing, but it's Defensive tech like that, I always find the same with snakeskin. You have to pay for it. You have to activate them. I'm never a fan of those things because it requires an activation if it work. It costs yeah. influence without momentum gain. They're, they're nice, yeah. but to be honest, it, it's nice, but I don't think you can ever rely upon that sort of thing because um, you can't even figure it on, on a counter-attack. It just, I don't know, it seems handy to have, but it's not massively useful, I would say. No, you know, anything, you know... But, has to be like you say basically just echoing what you've just said if you've got to pay for something and you've got to do your activation to do it you may not want her to go early on in the turn and if she doesn't go early on in the turn and she's sitting on 13 health with a 3-1 defense line there's she's dead. models. <laughs> if she's out of position she's dead absolutely and like i say i'm not so sure that i see her being played near furnace all the time he seems like he wants to be in the middle scrumming things giving out tooled up giving out buffs where she, like she very much seems like she as her, her position suggests, play out on the wing. So she also works pretty well with Furnace in terms of Furnace's legendary play, because Furnace's legendary play is captain. One of the things I've been thinking about the Blacksmiths, and I'll be interested to obviously get your your view on it. And again, we've only got four models so uh, so far, so we're we're far from seeing the whole picture. But I'm struggling a little bit to see what their actual play style is at the moment. Because you look at the playbooks, like the Masters, both between them, only got one momentous damage result. It's all momentous pushes and knockdowns. So they're not going to be... If, you, if you're if you going for takeouts with those guys, you're going to fall behind in the momentum race quite quickly. Um, again, we've only got four models, so Sledge is the one who wants to be doing all the damage. Do you think, uh, like... This is a bit out, out, out there, because I haven't really thought about it very much, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, you know how like farmers have planters and reapers, and basically mm. planters generate the influence and reapers spend it? Yeah. Do you think for 
blacksmiths, you've got the master that has three influence, the uh, apprentice one, mm-hmm. and the master, you you give less to than the apprentice. So the idea is the master has, say, one or two, and the apprentice has, has more, more of a stack, and the master sets one up, and the apprentice does yeah, all the work. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's I think Matt's said that in um, at the keynote at uh, Vengeance. I think that is very much... I totally agree with that, but it's just hard seeing... Again, we've only got four players, but you know they look like I just I can't quite see it at the moment, and we need need to see more players. But at the moment, I'm thinking if you take like, if you're not giving the masters a lot of influence, I suppose Furness has got his uh, one at a time lads. But actually, as you've just said, that the master gets to the influence cap raised to five, so they go to a three five on the two that we've seen. Um, but actually, I can't ever see why you'd want to give either of them five at the moment. Certainly not the two that we've seen. Furnace, give him five. He could tool himself up and then do four attacks. But his his momentous two, his, his two damage isn't momentous. Mm, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's just at the moment, I'm, sure. um, it's not quite clicking for me just yet. I'm looking forward to seeing more. I still think they look interesting. I like that the partnership um, that you have to have between the Master and the uh, Apprentice, I think that's really good. I think Cinder looks really interesting. Um and they've got like their unique character plays, but at the moment it's still just not quite clicking for me. I'm not quite seeing. I'm not seeing it yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at first they seemed very grindy, and I could take out team. Mm. Um, but then again, they have a lot of low tech balls, and obviously Sid can play the ball, and and Furnace has got a good kick as well. So I think they're going to be going for for sort of you know two two on they kind of maybe or maybe not. I don't know. It's tricky it's with, with, with four models. I think anything I say is going to be probably wrong anyway. Yeah, exactly. This is the, this thing at the moment. But I think actually what we're seeing so far is obviously Anvil and Sledge are uh, okay. All right, I was wrong. I was thinking maybe they were both sort of defensive players because the Sledge, uh, Sledge, Sledge, Sledge hits really hard. But I meant more like they play at the back of the pitch because Anvil was a centre back, and I was thinking because Sledge has got long bomb, maybe he sits at the back with Anvil. They act as your defensive line. Anything that comes near is dead. Then when if they score, he gets the ball and pings it up to either Furnace or um, Cinder for the snapshot. But actually, his his play position is attacking midfielder, which is interesting as well. Actually, that the apprentice and the master, I suppose, actually, yeah. Well, Cinder and Furnace are central midfielders and wingers, so their position suggests that they'd be near each other on the pitch. But actually, the fact that Anvil's a centre back and Sledge is an attacking midfielder doesn't suggest that they should be playing near each other. I don't know the. Attacking midfield role, I've always found a bit confusing. Who has it? Um, yeah, no, I'd agree with that as well. But I think it gives you an idea of what the development team see them as being, though, doesn't it? Yeah, true, true. It's it's largely academical in a sense because we play them wherever we want. And as a, as a mini segue, I actually think it's interesting reading on the forums and seeing what people are talking about this alternative play style of having two on the goal line, two on the uh, deployment line, and two on the uh, halfway line. A lot of the, or a lot of the feedback I've read actually seems to have teams reversed. So they're talking about players like Fangtooth being on the halfway line, and yet he's a centre back. And then people putting their strikers on the back on the goal line because they're fast. So if we're almost deploying. It's almost like people are deploying their teams in reverse. That's interesting. It's only like you know it's early days testing yet, but and I like I say like any any reference to positioning is largely academical because it doesn't really affect our thinking in any way but I look at it as a guide of where they think uh, players should be playing 
Have you tried the new um, version yet? No, because we drank beer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm playing with Martin about um, it on Wednesday, but obviously um, he can't come and talk about it. No. Um, well, it's all right, because you just comment and talk, and, he'll, and then I'll just go, don't know. <laughs> like, you never know. Just... Um, so I think no. it's interesting. Um, she's obviously quite mobile, and her ranged attack is really what she's all about. Uh, dishing out burning is a range is really nice as well. Is that causes damage? That... No, it's just uh, what kindled. No, it's just burning strike. So it's just burning when damaged by the model. Yeah, which means but you can't the... do that and dodge. Um... No, so yeah, sorry, sorry. So she has to damage the model and then they get burning. So I see what you mean. I thought you meant does the character change? No, no. So, so she can't do her dodge and then burn someone at the same time. No. So she kind of has, has to choose almost between momentum or burning. burning. It does. Gets up to the two damage. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, of course. But without crowd outs, once that has been a reliable option. No, but I think, again, that play, as we said earlier, I think that comes into its power when she's got the ball and it's an early activation and she just wants a point of momentum because she doesn't want to be engaging anyone. How often do you think her cat's play will actually come into play? Kill the ball? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think... It's niche, right? It seems pretty niche. It is, but I think sometimes character plays like that, and um, obviously you're playing al- uh, alchemists. You're not playing alchemists. It's not obvious at all. You're playing engineers. I think it's the they they work those character plays in that they don't if you they, that don't get work used in effect because so the threat of it is a thing. Yes, because no one leaves the ball free with mother around or um, locus or what's the other one salvo with is Sal- no salvo to the ball or whatever he's got. Um, because if it's a free ball, then they know that the engineers can just get it and it's game on. Yeah, I guess with that, um, if the ball's free, for example, you haven't got to put it in harm's way and click the ball. Um, mm. You can sort of make the ball jump back to your backfield line and sort of hold it for you, um, yeah. helping you bizarrely kill the ball. Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess the threat of it means that it's obviously not scary for your opponent where the ball goes. Yeah, it's like... People, when playing against morticians and they've got obulus, will try to do the reverse and have the ball unsnapped. So it's, it keeps the ball in play by the fact of what it does if it's not, if you get what I mean. Yeah. So I don't know. I, would I? It's such a like you said, it's such a gamble on the on the goal kick as to whether or not it actually goes anywhere productive and useful for you. But you know, a lot of these sort of niche character plays, you never use them, and the one time you do use them and you need it, it's it's better to have it than not. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's in, if nothing else, it's an interesting design. <laughs> it really is. It's um, they're trying a lot more things. You know, you can do with the ball, aren't they? Um, a lot yeah, more options I mean, you can do with the ball. We've now got four blacksmiths, and each one's got a character play we've already seen, and a character play that we've never seen. And I hope that that continues throughout the guild. I think that would be really interesting. Be that it's obviously a design challenge, but obviously they've completed the design challenge because it's all locked in and done. So we'll find out soon enough. It's very interesting. I think, um, well, who knows what we're going to have next? I mean, and they will say it's going to be entirely made up in the first place. Uh, we, yeah. have, we have no idea what they're going to be releasing. Um, certainly, she's probably the best goal threat they have, but also probably the biggest target in terms of leaking VP. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, again, like I say, we haven't seen a striker model yet, and I, I would imagine there'd be one. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I think I think the full damage on the top of a playbook is really interesting, like, because they've got the potential to do it. With things like singled out, she's suddenly tack seven. If Anne and was engaging, she comes tack eight. You know, if there's another model around, it's possible. And then suddenly, with four influence, 
She could she could do sixteen. Are there damage. many models that skip the three, jump straight to the four? Uh, well, furnace, uh, not furnace. Um, sledge skips from four to seven. So. <laughs> and yeah. in fact, that's furnace. Uh, sledge actually skips from two to four as well, in exactly the same way. He goes one on one, two on three, and four on five. Okay, yeah, because furnace is obviously one, two, and three. And... Yeah, Danfels is one, two, and three as well. But I hadn't actually noticed that that they've both got one on one, two on the third, and four on the fifth. It's a lot more of a sort of reward for you for either charging in or to um, have crowd outs, isn't it? It is, which is interesting, actually, because something I noticed at the weekend um, is that charging seems to be becoming much less of a thing. Now, yeah, for sure. Charging often isn't worth it because of the stamping stuff, but that, that makes a charge. That, make, that makes training the entire party playbook a lot more worth it. Because before if you charge in, you're like losing an attack. Yeah, and I wonder if also that will affect people's do I counter or do I defensive stance? Because they might be, well, actually, I just want to counter attack and push her away because she's so low defence. But then the reward for her is like, okay, well, you push me away, I'm still going to do like four damage to you. And then I'm going to hit you at range. And then I'm going to do something else awesome, because I'm a little awesome chick with a crossbow. Are you? Yeah, I am. Yeah. I think, I mean, partly it was playing the butchers. It just felt like every charge was reducing my efficiency with damage output. Well, because generally speaking, with two attacks with butchers, you're going to get more momentum and probably more damage, especially under the aura. Yeah, I think also it's not it's not the same with these guys, but their playbooks like really all you ever want on any of them is is the second column. That's two moments two damage on all of them. Uh, well, I mean we'll go on to that in the bonus time. I don't want to get too carried away with that. But uh, she hasn't got unlike the other. Oh no, her and Fer- so no. I thought the other three all had a character play that could be triggered off her play- off their playbook, but Furnace hasn't either. Yeah, it's good. I like her. I think she's interesting, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing what the presumably the. Do we know if there's a start of six at Gen Con? I believe there is. Yes, but yeah, as to I'm their not. names, I'm not sure. No, and I'm wondering how long is it till Gen Con? It's mid-August. He says, not entirely known. It is. So maybe maybe we'll get another one next week then. Maybe another one the week after. Would that uh, take hopefully, us yeah. Hope, hopefully um, we'll um, we'll see a card soon and we can record some frothing on it. Um, Won't be having home being away issues. Are you? Well, no, I mean, as in, like, I wouldn't have been away for the weekend and then can't record when we want to. Yeah, you know, you know, just explain to your wife that it's Gilborn. It's really important. Simple. <laughs> and then I rolled a five and one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, risk campaign book. Um, cool. That's that's Cinder, I think, isn't it? Really? I think yeah, so. I think we can't really say too much more about her just yet because we uh, we don't know how it fits into know. this. And what's the point of rambling on for a long time about something actually we have no idea about? Well, that's actually that's basically the entire podcast, isn't it? Um, right. Follow me at singled underscore gb. Yeah, and follow me at j mountain eighty two. And please drop us a like or give us some feedback, even for a private message or. Um, just on so everyone can read it and see what your views are of the podcast we appreciate all feedback um, we're always looking to improve and we're always interested to know what people like or don't like about the podcast so thanks for your time thank you bye